It's November 12th, 1859, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. It was on this day that the original daring young man on the flying trapeze made his debut. That man's name was Jules Leotard, and he performed the act in a skin-tight outfit which didn't have a name. Well, because it wasn't quite the leotard we know and love today. This was before he'd invented the leotard, of which more later. But what he had invented was flying on a trapeze, which is pretty good. I kind of feel a bit sorry for Jules Leotard that he is remembered for a skin-tight ballet outfit when he was obviously a very accomplished circus performer. It helped that his father owned a swimming pool and so he was able to swing this trapeze over the pool and therefore not suffer too many negative consequences when almost inevitably you're going to miss the first couple of catches or probably the first hundred couple of catches. Yeah, and his dad was also a gymnastics teacher, so he really did have the ideal background to develop the art of flying trapeze. Uh, He was born in Toulouse, and as a teenager, he started experimenting. Well, you know, we all experiment as teenagers. (laughs) He experimented by suspending a bar on ropes from ventilation pipes over his father's swimming pool. But he never really grew out of that phase, did he? That's the thing. It was an experiment that stuck. His trapeze phase. Yeah, Uh, because he did actually, like, have a kind of really kosher career going on at the same time. He was studying law, which punctures the stereotype, doesn't it, of most people's impressions of the kind of people that run away to join the circus. You know, it's not like he had nothing else going on. He he had studied law and, and was like, no, I prefer throwing myself over the swimming pool. Mind you, when your dad is an athlete, probably studying law is a great disappointment yeah. for family <laughs> and family name. <laughs> Son, go and do something completely unstable and dangerous. <laughs> so on this day, he premiered his 12-minute aerial trapeze act at Cirque Napoleon in Paris. It included a somersault in midair and a leap from one trapeze to another in just 12 minutes, which I always think is the good thing about circus, isn't it? It's like, you know, if you don't like this, don't worry. In and out. Yeah, in a yeah. minute, there'll be a dwarf in a barrel. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, it was quite difficult for him to fill 12 minutes because what we might think of now as a typical flying trapeze act involves two people, a flyer and a catcher, the catcher mm. being the one who is on the other trapeze, usually sort of hanging upside down by his or her knees. But in Leotard's day, and of course he was the first one doing it, he performed his routine solo. I guess when you're the first person to invent something, it's quite difficult to find a partner. And so it was 12 minutes of incredibly, you know, very athletic, very intense flips and turns. He's supposedly the first person to ever do a mid-air somersault from a trapeze. Because to be clear, a trapeze bar, he didn't invent the concept of a bar hanging by a couple of pieces of rope. It was the flying element. Previously, you had performers who would hang from a trapeze and they would do gymnastic sort of feats around it. But he was the one who realised, listen, if I jump off a high platform on the trapeze, the momentum will be enough that I can do somersaults in midair and catch it as it swings back, which just hadn't been done before. I wonder if it was also hard to convince someone to do an act with him because of the nature of the act itself. They would be like, wait, you want to do what? No, no, that's stupid. (laughs) Well, the other thing that also hadn't been invented at this point was a safety net. That was developed Mm. by a Spanish troupe called the Rizarellis at the Hoban Empire in 1871. So at this stage, Leotard used to perform with a heap of mattresses underneath him, which on the one hand is genuinely more death-defying because, Mm. you know, it's not going to break his fall like a safety net would have done. But on the other hand, somehow the drama's gone a bit, isn't it? You can train your eye to discount the safety net, can't you, when you're watching an aerial act? Mm. But I think we're coming to it from the hardened perspective 
of you know the entertainment spoiled 21st century mm. at the time it created an enormous stir apparently his fellow circus performers were so astonished that they had a commemorative dinner in his honor to just celebrate this this newfound level of fame that he'd brought to the profession when i was reading about how famous he became internationally I was kind of like, I mean, I'm sure it was a very impressive act, but keeping in mind that, you know, there was no TV or cinema, so people couldn't see it unless they were physically there. I wonder how it made such a stir. And then I saw the photos mm. of Jules Leotard in his flying outfit. Oh, yeah. yeah when you say stir, we're a stir in the loin. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hottie. I mean, it leaves very, very little to the imagination. I was just looking at it being like, I cannot believe that this is a Victorian photo. I don't want to be vulgar, but you can very clearly see the outline of his penis. Yes, <laughs> which I suppose is why the outfit became more famous than the act. And the stir that it caused amongst a certain demographic of the audience was commemorated forever by the well-known music hall song written by George Laybourne, The Daring Young Man on the Flying Trapeze, which says, and I quote, His movements were graceful. All girls he could please... And my love, he purloined away. Oh. <laughs> we were waiting for the rhyme. I could tell that Arian was waiting for the rhyme. <laughs> it was going to be a sort of penis-based rhyme as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, it shows that that's the thing people took away with it, wasn't it? Not what an incredible aerial feat. But, hey, guess what? If you go down to this hotel in, in Leicester Square, you can have dinner, and over you there's a man jumping around, you can see his dick. I <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I had only ever heard the sort of title bit of the song and I was surprised to learn that it's actually being sung from the perspective of you know a jilted lover who's been dumped in mm. favour of the flying trapeze man and it ends mm. with the girl joining the act disguised as a boy it ends with the, the line she floats through the air with the greatest of ease you'd think her a man on the flying trapeze because her penis was showing? <laughs> Come on, we've got to stop. <laughs> and the song has actually had quite a long life, considering that most music hall numbers sort of, you know, fizzled away at the end of the Victorian era. It's been covered by everyone from Bruce Springsteen to Alvin and the Chipmunks. What a lineup! <laughs> <laughs> Festival of Dreams. Step one was impress people with my mid-air feats of flying. Step two, make a cool costume that shows off, let's say, my muscles rather than genitals mm. while so doing. And it's strange. I think if you think now of the leotard you think of something that is basically for female-led sports and pre-adolescent girls right so like ballerinas and figure skating mm. and gymnastics um, but he was using it to show off his manly features that's how it was developed it's now like almost a byword for little girl sport outfit isn't it the leotard mm. although I suppose in the states also wrestlers wear something that looks pretty much like his leotard yeah that's true and at the time, it very quickly did become associated with a certain kind of male performer, which is the circus strongman. If you think mm. about, you know, sort of the late Victorian images of the strongman with the big moustache holding sort of those, those weird weights that had round, like, you know, the ones that had like spherical weights at either end, they're yeah. always holding those ones. Which is basically <laughs> what's being referenced by American wrestling, isn't it? That is that. And of course, Jules Leotard, when he developed this outfit, the key thing about it is that it couldn't catch or tangle on anything in midair, which obviously would have been disastrous. It wasn't really an outfit that came into its own until the 1970s, because then you had bright colours and spandex and lycra and aerobics coming along in the 80s. If, if you uh, look at this article from Harper's Bazaar from January 1943, they hailed the Leotard as, quote, a new idea leading towards the 21st century and the cosmic costumes of Flash Gordon Supergirl. They were talking about the leotard for fashion being a new idea. But of course, by then, it wasn't a new idea. It was nearly 100 years old. 
but it's not surprising in a way that it took those hundred years for it to catch on because it is very unforgiving. I mean, you really do want to be quite Jules Lyotard-esque in your physique before you even think about getting close to one. And it's proven to be a bit of a poison chalice as well for gymnasts because on one hand, you know, it offered this unparalleled freedom of movement to female gymnasts, especially compared to the relatively cumbersome clothing they were wearing before, but also Mm. has led to a lot of sexualization Mm. of female athletes. And also, you know, there've been times where leotards and their various cuts and lengths and patterns have taken the spotlight away from the performers themselves. There are very strict rules which are starting to be uh, loosened a little bit now. You know, the the cut of the leotard had to be within sort of two centimetres of the top of the leg. A lot of policing of butts, essentially. Would either of you have a, a guess at the record for the number of uh, somersaults performed on a trapeze currently standing? Well, the artist was standing or the record is still standing? <laughs> both, both, I gather. Uh, I'm going to go 16. Well, it depends, doesn't it? I, do you mean in one swing of the trapeze or one trapeze performance? Play the game, Rebecca. <laughs> a single swing, launching themselves. How swing. many somersaults before oh. being okay, caught? 16 is overkill now, I'm saying. Four. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, all right. You can't change, Johnny. You made fun of me. You can't change. (laughs) You you said 16. You're going to look really stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to look stupid to the power of two because, yes, the number is four. Uh, I would have guessed four as well. Four seems reasonable. Like, like, what's the most somersaults a really bendy person could do in a row? Oh, get off my guess. (laughs) (laughs) There is a little bit of controversy around it because there is a YouTube video of a performer called Han Ho Song, who's from the Pyongyang circus uh, amazingly I I wouldn't have thought that they would be touring but this stunt was done in Stuttgart in Germany and he uh, did a quintuple but there's controversy about whether it's a true quintuple because he is launched by a person rather than launching himself off the bar itself so for the purists Mm. they think that that doesn't break the uh, the quadruple which uh, still stands from 1982 still good to hear there's a YouTube video Rebecca so you can sexually objectify him Next time. And Mary Reed says, guess what? I'm also a woman. And then guess what she does? Shows her boobs. (laughs) Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network.